Hi, I'm Pastor Stefan Margeson. This is the sermon podcast for Aldersgate Worship Service of Front Street United Methodist Church in Burlington, North Carolina. Come and join us each Sunday morning in person at 8.45 a.m. in the Aldersgate Gym. God be with you. So our scripture reading today comes from John chapter 11, verses 32 through 35 and 38 through 43. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. Then Jesus again, greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone, Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. This is the word of God for the people of God. Well, before I begin, let us pray. Holy and gracious God, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be holy and pleasing to you. And God, let us go forth from this space, proclaiming the good news to all people. In your heavenly name we pray, amen. Well, can I tell you a bit of the secret of the trade? Inside information about how my job works, some of the major things that I do. Because a lot of pastors view this uh, a little bit differently in the line of work that they do, and in, in the little minute details of a weekday activity or even the big services. We all have different perspectives, but for me, it kind of comes down to one thing more often than not. And I was reminded of this this past week. A lot of what I do is training people to say goodbye well. A lot of what I do is training people to say goodbye well. It is. I know that sounds kind of funny, but I'll give you some examples. Some of the easier ones to see is uh, a couple of years ago before I started this formative journey in uh, church settings, I was a chaplain at Duke. And there, working on the oncology unit, you can make a pretty good guess of what that work looks like to teach people how to say goodbye well to their loved ones, whether they were the one dying on the bed or not. In either case, teaching them to say goodbye well was an important part of the work, hard. Another one, as you come into the church life, you'll see it often, and you've been a part of them, I'm sure, in your life, is funerals. Funerals are one of those places where I try my best to help people say goodbye well. And of course, that journey of goodbye goes on and on. It's not just at the day of the funeral during that 30 minutes to 45, not just at the graveside, but to continue to say goodbye well as their life has changed. So many things. We teach people how to say goodbye well, but I think you'd be surprised at how often that still 
yet comes up. I was reminded of the silly places sometimes that we have to learn to say goodbye well. Wednesday morning, we joined together in the sanctuary and had a promotion ceremony for the fifth graders of uh, our wonderful elementary school around the corner, uh, where they were going from fifth grade into middle school, into sixth grade. And, and so they had to say goodbye well to their teachers and to their school and their space. And in some ways, their parents had to say goodbye to their little boy or girl that was growing up before their eyes. I'm not a part of that, but the week before, I was a part of a big moment of teaching someone to say goodbye well. Last Saturday, I officiated a wedding. And the new husband and wife, as they gathered together, in that moment, that ceremony, part of that is saying goodbye well. As the uh, groom or bride is walked down the aisle by their parents and handed off to that altar space to be joined to a new union, they're saying goodbye to the old way of life that they had before, the old family structure that they had lived in all their life long. Part of that work is saying goodbye well. Each and every day and each and every Sunday that we gather together here on Sunday morning, you may not hear it in the words that we say, you may not quite understand it fully at the end of the service, but what we are asking in many cases is for us as Christians to say goodbye well to the life that we had lived, to the old ways that we had lived for this world and walking into the new ways that Christ is calling us each and every morning, each and every Sunday, is an opportunity to say goodbye well. And I know that still sounds strange. And it sounds particularly strange today as I talk about it, because today is Trinity Sunday. Trinity Sunday is the day that we get to celebrate and lift up the triune nature of our God and all the confusing and mysterious ways that that exists. We claim that our God is three in one and one in three. In those two juxtaposing sentences, we understand a God who is more than and all that and all-encompassing and more than we can understand in any sense of the imagination for our God to be three and yet one, one and yet three, uh, one God in three persons perfectly acting out in the world, never apart from one another, and yet we talk about them with different names. In this trinity, in this triune God, we can see a sense of perfect unity, right? The perfect unity that God is calling us to try and emulate in our everyday lives, to be in perfect union with one another, with the church at large, to be in perfect union with God and God's glory as we are called out into the world. It's hard. It's maybe impossible, probably, and especially without God's help in that, but we are called to that perfect unity. And in that perfect unity, I wonder if you might be thinking, well, in perfect unity, then, we're never saying goodbye, are we? In perfect unity, we would never say goodbye. We're always together, unified. That's part of the word right there, right? Unity, to never have to say goodbye. And yet, as we look at examples all throughout Scripture to find ways in acting out that Trinity nature in our lives, we find a God a Trinity God, a triune God, living in perfect unity and yet often saying goodbye. 
It's interesting how we walk through Scripture, and especially in the Gospels, an easy place to see a God who says goodbye to God's own Son to live among us and die here. That's a goodbye. We see a goodbye from Jesus as through the last several chapters of all the Gospels trying to tell his disciples that I'm not going to be here much longer. Only a few more weeks, months left, and and I will be gone. I am saying goodbye to you, friends. We see throughout Scripture in which the Holy Spirit comes and goes into people's lives. We wonder, looking back at the Tower of Babel, there's a mysterious moment where all the people are not able to understand themselves, and a playful way of reading that is the Holy Spirit, which connects all of them, allowing them to communicate, leaves, says goodbye. This space in Scripture that we just read this morning, Lazarus has died. He is gone for four days, and Jesus walking up to Martha and Mary, walking up to this grave, probably knowing full well what would happen in the verses following, probably knowing full well the power he had within to raise Lazarus from the dead, knowing full well that this goodbye was not an eternal one, that he would see Lazarus then only a few moments later, yet pauses right there before anything else and cries. Our God, our Savior, our Messiah, Jesus weeps. He says goodbye. It's not a goodbye forever, but it's still a goodbye. Saying goodbye well is such an important part of life. And, and we live into this as best we can, and it can be difficult for us, and we, we stray away from it as best we can, especially as those seemingly eternal goodbyes come up and are pertinent in our life when we are faced with the impending death of a loved one, and we push that es- essence of goodbye away, saying, it won't be forever, I'll see you in the next life. I'll see you in the time to come. And so we push away that sense of needing to say goodbye. It's not forever. Why is this so important? Well, here we might be jumping the gun a bit if you're thinking saying goodbye well is to be able to say hello well to the next thing, the next place, the next person, right? If we say goodbye well, that means we're going to be better able to say hello to the next place or door or thing, right? That's part of it, sure. But I think we're jumping the gun a little bit if we go all the way to hello and not pausing on this goodbye for a long enough time that it's due. Because goodbye is for full purpose and love itself. Goodbye is enough in its own right. Goodbye is its own work to be held close to your heart in the moment that it is, in the presence that you are being asked to participate with saying goodbye. Because goodbye, saying goodbye well, it's a culmination, a gathering of all the love and excitement that has been. It's a bringing together of all the memories that you have shared with this place or person and bringing that up to your voice in a simple word as goodbye. It's a place of love that you get to come together and and, and lift up all of those wonders and joys for its own rights, for its own purpose, for its own place in life. 
not yet to say hello. That's in a couple weeks. We'll talk about that then. But for today, it's just to say goodbye and to say it well. So I invite you to this next week. Next week, Ross will be here. He'll be here at this service and the 11 o'clock, and, and this is Ross's final sermon. Not just in this church, but he's retiring. This is a, a longer goodbye than other places might feel. And so I invite you next week to come with open hearts and minds for all that that goodbye would look like. And for that same story, which comes from Ezra, of the Israelites being cast out of their place of life and, and living, their temple was torn down. Uh, they took time as they were allowed back into the country to rebuild it. And, and some of the Israelites of old, well, they, they cried because their building, their foundation was gone, not coming back. And the younger generation lifted up joy of this new place being built. And they, they cried out and they lifted up joys together so boisterously and loud that no one could tell them apart. All of those things are goodbyes. All of those ways are saying goodbye with all the love that they carry. So I invite you to that next week as we welcome Ross into this space to say goodbye for whatever that looks like. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.